Chapter Three. We all walked most of the way home together, feeling worn out. The flying was a little tiring, and morphing always takes a lot out of you. Tobias flew overhead. He didn't really participate in the conversation. It's hard for him. See, he can think speak to us, and we can understand him. But when we're in human shape, we can only talk in the normal way. He can't hear us unless he's close by, and he can't be close by and still fly. This morphing thing would be so excellent if it weren't for the whole thing with the yurks. Marco was saying. I mean, if it were just normal, we could really use these powers. To do what? Fight crime? Jake asked. Marco looked at him with a mixture of pity and amusement. Fight crime? Who are you, Spider-Man? I'm talking show business, movie, TV shows. I could go on Letterman. I could be an entire episode of Stupid Pet Tricks all by myself. You're right, I said, batting my eyes so he would know I was kidding. You already have the stupid part down. We'd be hot in horror movies, Cassie said. Or how about stuntmen? Jake suggested. One of us could jump off the tallest building and it would be totally realistic. Then we just morph into a bird on the way down and fly away. Now I'm really mad at the Yurks, Marco said. They're getting in the way of my showbiz career. I could be a millionaire. I could be trading funny lines with Dave. I could have beautiful Hollywood supermodels all over me. Uh huh, I said with a wink at Cassie. Lots of women love animals, but sooner or later you'd have to change back into your actual self, Marco. And then boom, they'd be out of there. We walked along the boulevard that goes by the construction site. It's this huge area of half-finished buildings with rusted earth movers and cranes and backhoes scattered around. I guess it was originally going to be a shopping center, but for some reason they never finished it. We didn't take the shortcut through the construction site like we would have in the old days, though. See, it was at this construction site that we saw the Andalite Prince's damaged fighter land. It was here that the Andalite warned us of the Yurk conspiracy and gave us our special powers. It was also here that we saw the Yurk commander, Visser III, murder the Andalite Prince. Visser III is the only one of the Yurks. Who has the same power to morph? Visser Three is an Andalite controller, meaning he has an Andalite body. A human controller is a Yurk with a human body. A Taxon controller is a Yurk with a Taxon body. You get the idea. Visser Three is the only Yurk to ever capture an Andalite body, so he's also the only Yurk who can morph. That night at the construction site, he morphed into some creature from a far-off planet, a huge, horrible creature, and then he took the Andalite end. You know what? I don't really want to talk about that. You'll have to ask Jake. We all fell silent as we passed by the site. Then I noticed that Cassie had stopped walking and was just standing there. I went back to her and realized she was crying. Are you okay? I asked. She shook her head. No. Are you? I sighed. Flying around in the sky had been a wonderful distraction, but my head was still full of awful memories. I guess not. I admitted. Last night, I had a terrible nightmare about the Yurk Pool. I was back down there, down there in that vast open cave, and I was hearing the screams and cries of people being dragged to the pool. Cassie nodded. You know what's worse than the screams? The way they stop screaming once the Yurk is in their heads, once they've become controllers. Then you know they are slaves again, lost. Like Tom. We both turned. It was Jake. He and Marco had seen a stop and had come back. Tom is Jake's brother. Tom is a human controller. 
a human being enslaved by a yerk in his head. We had found the yerk pool and had gone down into that hell to get Tom. We'd failed. We'd barely escaped with our lives. Cassie put her arm around Jake's waist. Someday we'll save Tom, she said. Jake kind of stroked Cassie's head. I guess he got embarrassed because he instantly pulled away. Cassie didn't mind. She knows how guys are about showing their true feelings. I looked across the construction site and saw Tobias come fluttering down out of the sky. I couldn't see where he landed because that part of the site is hidden from the road, but I knew right where he was, on the spot where the Andalite had died. Somehow, in those brief moments when the Andalite had been with us, Tobias had formed some kind of special bond with him. We started walking again. We need to find another way to get at them, I said angrily. It bothered me, imagining Tobias back in that maze of never-finished buildings, mourning for the Andalite. Get back at who? Marco asked suspiciously. The French, Marco, I said sarcastically. Who do you think? The Yurks, duh. Whoa, 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 Marco said. We tried that, remember? We went down into the Yurk pool after them and got our butts kicked. Yurks 10, human 0. So you figure we should just give up? I demanded. We lost one game. Jake said. You don't quit the sport just because you lose one game. Some game, Marco said bitterly. Some sport. We didn't lose anyway, I said. The others looked at me like I was crazy. Look, I explained. I know we didn't save Tom, and we sure didn't stop the Yurks, but we gave them a reason to be afraid at least. Yeah, they're terrified of us. Visser 3 probably can't sleep at night, he's so worried about five kids, Marco said sarcastically. Look, Visser 3 doesn't think we're a threat. He thinks we're lunch. He doesn't know who or what we are, I pointed out. The Yurks are convinced that we're Andalite warriors because they know we can morph. And they know that we found the Yurk pool and infiltrated it and took out a few of their taxons and Hork-Bajir while we were at it. I think they're probably a little nervous, at least. Jake nodded. Rachel's right, but just the same, I don't think we want to try to go back to the Yurk pool. Besides, the door is gone. We all stopped and stared at him. He shrugged. Look, I just wanted to see if the door still worked, okay? Just in case. But it's not there anymore. The door leading down to the yurk pool had been hidden in the janitor's closet of our school. There were dozens of doors to the underground yurk pool, spread all over the city, but this was the only one we knew about. So we find another way to get at them, I said. We can follow Tom again when it's time for his yurk to return to the yurk pool. Yurks have to go to the pool every three days. They drain out of their host's head and soak up Kandrona rays. No, we leave Tom out of it, Jake said firmly. If we call attention to him in any way, the Yurks may decide he's trouble for them. They may decide to kill him. Marco gave me a sour look. This is what you want to keep doing? Risking our lives and the lives of everyone we know? For what? For freedom, Cassie said simply. Marco didn't have a smart answer to that. There's still Chapman. Jake said. Chapman is our assistant principal. He's also one of the most important human controllers. He runs the Sharing, the club that helps recruit unsuspecting kids into being hosts for the Yurks. If there were some way for us to get close to Chapman, Jake let the words hang in the air. He carefully didn't look at me, but I knew what he meant. He'd obviously been thinking about this for a while. Melissa? I asked. He nodded. It's a possibility. See, Melissa Chapman, Assistant Principal Chapman's daughter, is one of my closest friends. Or at least she used to be. 
the last few months, she'd been acting very strange toward me, like she didn't care anymore. We take gymnastics together. Actually, we got into it at the same time. You know, something to do together. I don't like using a friend this way, I said. Oh, suddenly the mighty Rachel is weaseling, Markle crowed. You don't like using your friends? You're pretty willing to risk my life. Sure, Marco, but who said you were my friend? Very funny, Marco said. But at the same time, he looked a little hurt. Kidding, Marco, I said. Just kidding. Of course you're my friend. But you're an anamorph. Melissa is just an innocent bystander. I wish I had never come up with that word, Marco said. Anamorph. Give me a break. Rachel, Melissa's father is one of the main controllers, Jake said gently, ignoring Marco. She's in this whether she likes it or not. I felt a bitter taste in my mouth. Jake was right, of course. Chapman was the logical lead to follow, and Melissa was our way to get close. It made sense. It made sense for me to betray an old friend. It also made me feel like dirt. Chapter 4 The next day after school, I headed for my gymnastics class at the YMCA, which is just across from the mall. They have a big indoor pool, so the entire building always smells of chlorine, except for the weight room, which just smells like sweat. My class is taught in a smaller room, with blue mats covering the floor. We have balance beams and uneven parallel bars, and a vaulting horse with a springboard. I'm okay at vaulting and the parallel bars, but I'm pretty lame at the balance beam. To be honest with you, it kind of scares me. It takes such total concentration. It's not one of those real serious gymnastics classes. I mean, none of us are going to be going to the Olympics. When I started out, I had dreams of being the next Sharon Miller. But then I started to grow. I'm pretty tall now for my age. People look at me and say, Oh, you're going to be a model. Not, Oh, you could be a gymnast. Most of us in the class are too tall or too heavy to ever be a serious gymnast. We do it for fun and for exercise. I do it because I've always thought of myself as kind of clumsy. My mom says I'm not, but that's how I feel anyway. Besides, it's just cool hitting the little springboard and flipping through the air to bounce off the vaulting horse and stick the landing. Not as cool as flying, maybe, but fun just the same. Melissa Chapman was in the locker room changing into her leotard when I came in. She was the exception to the rule in our class. She does look like a gymnast. She's small and thin, even though she doesn't starve herself like some fools who want to get into gymnastics. She has pale gray eyes and pale blonde hair and pale skin. She looks like one of those solemn elves in a Tolkien book. At first glance, she looks delicate, but when you look a little closer, you see strength there, too. Melissa gave me the kind of not-very-warm smile she always gives me lately, like she was distracted or thinking about something more important. Hey, Melissa, I said. How's it going? Fine. How about you? Oh, pretty much the same thing. That was a lie, of course. But what was I gonna say? Yeah, Melissa, same old, same old. Been turning into animals and fighting aliens. You know, the usual. Melissa didn't say anything else. She just adjusted her leotard and started to do a few little stretches. That's the way it was. We said hi, but not much more. It used to be we were very close. She was my second best friend, after Cassie. Melissa, I was thinking, maybe you'd like to walk over to the mall with me after class? I have to buy a new pair of sneakers. The mall? She stammered a little and then started blushing. You mean, go shopping? Yeah, you know, walk around and look at stuff and check out the cute guys and diss the snotty woman at the perfume counters. 
I tried to sound casual, like it was no big deal. In the old days, it would have been totally nothing, but now Melissa looked like a trapped animal. When had Melissa and I gotten to be such strangers? Um, I'm kind of busy, Melissa said. Oh, that's cool, I understand. But I didn't understand, not at all. She started to walk away. I was going to let it go, but then I remembered. This wasn't just about a friend who had drifted away. This was about her father, one of the leaders of the controllers, one of our most dangerous enemies. I grabbed her arm. Melissa, look. I feel like we've kind of gone different ways, you know? And I miss you. She shrugged. Okay, well, maybe we could get together sometime. Not sometime, Melissa. That's just you blowing me off. What's going on with you? What's going on with me? She echoed. For a moment, a look of extraordinary sadness darkened her eyes and tugged downward at the corners of her mouth. Nothing's going on with me, she said. We better get out there or Coach Elway will have a fit. She pulled her arm away. I just watched her go. I felt like a complete and total jerk. Something had happened to Melissa, and I hadn't even noticed. She was my friend and something had changed in her, and I hadn't seen it. I'd just gone my own way. And now I was only acting like a concerned friend. The truth was, I was only paying attention for my own reasons. I wasn't able to concentrate on the lesson. Not concentrating when you're doing gymnastics can be painful. I slipped on the balance beam and banged my knee so badly I cried. Melissa was the first one to rush over, and for about ten seconds, she was the old Melissa. But by the time I'd gotten back up, she was off across the room in her own little world again. It was right then that the terrible suspicion started. Melissa had been acting very strangely. Her father was a controller. I looked at her from across the room and felt a chill. Was she one too? Was my old friend Melissa a controller? I didn't go shopping after my lesson. I didn't really feel like it. Melissa's eyes, the way she had looked at me, kind of killed my urge to shop. I was supposed to head over to the mall, then call my mom when I was done to come pick me up. That was the plan, but since I didn't feel like mall crawling, I just headed home, alone, with the sky growing dark as rain clouds moved in. It was stupid and careless of me, but I guess I was preoccupied with other things, although at least I had the sense to stay out of the construction site. I was walking down the sidewalk that runs along the boulevard when suddenly I realized that a car had pulled up just a little way down the sidewalk from me. A guy got out. He looked like he was in high school, or even college. He also looked like trouble. I should have turned around and run back toward the mall. But sometimes I don't do the sensible thing. Sometimes I regret not doing the sensible thing. This was one of those times. Hey baby, he said. Wanna go for a little ride? I shook my head and clutched my gym bag close. What an idiot I was to be so careless. Now, don't be stuck up, sweet thing, he said. I think you'd better get in the car. The way he said it didn't sound like an invitation. It sounded like an order. Now I was really afraid. I clutched my gym bag close as I passed him. Don't ignore me, he hissed. He reached for me and missed. I walked faster. He was behind me. I broke into a run. He ran after me. Hey, hey there, come back here. I had been stupid going out alone. But fortunately, unlike most people, I wasn't helpless. As I ran, I focused on something completely different. I concentrated on an image in my mind. Then I felt the change begin. My legs grew thick. My arms grew big. Bigger. I could feel myself growing large. Large and solid. 
I felt this squirmy sensation of my ears becoming thin and leathery. But it wasn't enough to just look creepy. This guy had made me mad. I wanted to scare him half to death. My nose suddenly began to sprout. Then, from my mouth, like two huge spears, the tusks began to appear. I figured that was about enough. I broke my concentration, which stopped the morph. I stopped suddenly. The creep barreled right into me. He was not going to like what he was about to see. Hey, Phantomorphs. That's going to be my new name for y'all listening, and I'd like to give a shout-out to the Phantomorphs Dork Bajir Chronicles. That's soundcloud.com slash Chronicles a Animorphs discussion podcast that is much better at coming up with cool portmanteaus than I am. I don't have a lot of notes for you this week. Uh, Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit audiomorphs.podbean.com. That's audiomorphs.podbean.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave those at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. That's all I have for you this week. I'll see you all next week. 